You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. It is time for our SME segment. Uh, we haven't done it in a while. We've just been inundated with so many company results, but uh, we got a, a breathing room, as it were, this week, and we thought we'd bring it back. And our SME in the corner this week is trying to solve for the challenge of access to quality health care for South Africans. Now, you will know that quality health care is a necessity. It is. But in terms of access, it's uh, treated as a luxury for most South Africans, just given the fact that most South Africans can't afford it. They end up self-diagnosing, which doesn't always work or doesn't always work as fast as it should. And uh, we do know that not having proper health care leads to other problems like people being away from work longer than they should be, which is not efficient for business and not efficient for the economy. So Tanya Jaffe, the CEO and principal of UNU Health, which is trying to solve for the challenge of access to affordable health care, joins us for more. Tanya, thanks so much for your time and for joining us. Tell us more about your business and uh, how you are trying trying to solve for an age-old challenge. Hello, Vicky. Thanks so much for having me on your show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It is a big challenge. The numbers are actually absolutely staggering. So as Health, we believe that this huge chasm of demand for quality health care, which currently is really um, not fully met, and at the same time, the lack of resources that we experience in healthcare. So we have 1% of the world's healthcare um, resources hmm. in sub-Saharan Africa and 24% of the disease burden. So there's just a huge gap. We believe that technology has a key role to play in advocating and doing two things. Advocating for the patient. How do you provide access the same way that you do to banking, palm of your hand, right? You do most of your banking through your phone. Why can't you be doing that with healthcare? So can you access um, a doctor? a health screen, um, your health record, your health score, all of that online. And in doing that, what Uber Health hopes to do is remove the friction, the friction of access, as you said. So getting up at four in the morning, starting to cure the clinic, hopefully seeing the strict pen, getting some, uh, some meds, if you choose to take the day off leave, right, to do that. We can literally rep- replace that experience with a patient-centric experience that leverages technology. Um, and the technology is here. We just need to make it available. Um, and that's what, that's what we're about. We're sure. about delivering uh, technology-enabled uh, healthcare that makes you smile. Sure. So right now, uh, your app, I mean, how, 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 how does it work? How many health professionals do you have on it? How many users do you have on it uh, right now? So what we've done is we've launched two businesses. So we've, there are 5.5 million South Africans that are formally employed that don't have access to private health care that literally need to take a day off leave if they want to access health care. So we've launched this to businesses to say to businesses, purchase the underlying health plan. So we've partnered with Standard Bank in terms of delivering five health plans from as little as 121 rand per person per month. I mean, it's just remarkable. That gives you full access to primary health care. And then the app, the app, the, the, the UNU app provides the access. So that's where you have WhatsApp functionality. So straight off the app, you're rated, you can speak to a nurse. The nurse will then either script you over the phone, so give you um, a medication over the phone, contract it in, you go to any of 3,500 pharmacies countrywide, and you can pick up your meds at no cost. Alternatively, she will say to you, I think you actually need to see a doctor. Where are you? And you may say, I'm in Rosebank. And she'll say, there's five doctors. You may know one. You may not. And she'll book an appointment. You'll go and see the doctor. And then the doctor will script. And again, you go to the pharmacy. You don't pay. Everything is contracted then because we know paying and claiming, that's big friction. People don't have the cash flow to support that. 
You also get to see your health record, so all your health data is there, which supports continuity of care, and you have a health score. So you can see exactly, I'm doing great in these factors, and I'm not doing great on those factors, and I need to make some changes. Sure. I mean, when you talk about uh, not paying for uh, certain prescriptions, I mean, is this across the board? Because we do know people with uh, medical aid cover, uh, they are limited to some degree to what the medical aid does cover in its totality and what you need to top up payments for. Uh, Does a similar kind of model apply with Unu House? So we've worked really hard with our partner, the National Healthcare Group, and they are really good at understanding how to deliver a contracted-in network of doctors, pharmacies, and even pathology, so blood tests, to a market that can't afford co-payments or out-of-pocket payments. So effectively what happens is we have formularies. So if you need a headache tablet, you could purchase a very well-known brand that um, all the listeners will relate to um, at 2 and 70 a tablet. This is not a patented product. This is a, and there's an equivalent, same compound for 70 cents. So what we do is we use formularies as a result of which the average script value is between 65 and 85 rand. So it's very affordable. Okay. And the businesses that uh, you are working with uh, so far, how have they responded to your uh, product offering? And I'm sure there is uh, efforts to uh, onboard a lot more businesses. Uh, What's the market saying to what you've brought to the table? So what's been interesting is if what any business you speak to, they absolutely support um, providing private uh, primary health care to their employees. The challenge can sometimes be, especially for the bigger businesses, the cost factor when you have 20,000 employees. So what's been interesting is we're seeing much faster uptake and interest from smaller businesses. So to place 50 employees on our Be Well solution at 121, that's 6,000 rand a month. That's affordable and it's tax deductible. So we're seeing the smaller businesses are responding um, faster and with greater interest right now. And then the users are um, really appreciating the convenience. You know, the ability to just WhatsApp a nurse, have a conversation, get a script and on your way at home, pick that up. So the user feedback is very positive. And um, so that's super encouraging. So we're definitely talking to a need in the market. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it really sounds fascinating, incredible what you guys are are doing. But uh, dial us back to the relationship with Standard Bank. How, how did that come to be and exactly how did they support you? So we're very super fortunate. Um, Standard Bank is the seed funder. So within Standard Bank, um, there is an innovation capability and Standard Bank has embraced the um, the idea that as part of the group's vision to drive Africa's growth, um, there's an opportunity to impact and work in different verticals in the ecosystems attached to those verticals. And because health is so fundamental to productivity and therefore to economic growth, it's a, it's a kind of an obvious one. So we were able to leverage that innovation process within the within the bank to basically get the support around the various gates. So, you know, developing an MVP, developing a business case, developing a prototype, testing it with users, and then actually finally building the platform and taking it to market. So that is the one side of it. The other side is that we've partnered with Standard Bank in terms of the health plan. So five health plans. The self-insurance health plans, which are fantastic from a value perspective, and the insured. So that's that, that's really the relationship. In terms of financial assistance, did they give you any money? Yes, absolutely. No, they funded us. Absolutely, okay. yes. Are you able to disclose? <laughs> 
No, I'm not going to discuss. Okay, okay. No, we understand. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. No, we understand contractual uh, obligations. <laughs> yes. That's fine. But there was support. So, so yes, absolutely. So, just how did you get uh, started? I mean, yes, there's the uh, there's the support with the Standard Bank, a much bigger player uh, that has been beneficial. But uh, how did this idea come to be? Well, what struck us was um, that when we looked at the health vertical, and this, as I said, this really, this chasm, this gap between the demand and the ability to meet that demand across sub-Saharan Africa, what struck us was that there was, even though there was the, the most innovation globally that is happening in any vertical is happening in health right now. Health is exploding with technology and innovation, with remarkable things. And very little of that was coming into sub-Saharan Africa. And when we looked at it, we saw the issue was a funding issue. So other than Rwanda, which has, you know, has had a, a fairly successful um, implementation of a, a, a sort of a broad-based um, technology solution in Babylon, there hasn't been much of that. And that's what drew us. The fact that our life expectancy is compromised by 10 years compared to the global average as a result of this, and the fact that with technology, you can go a long way to A, removing the friction, and B, the other key component is empowering people to earn their well-being. So by 2030, the leading cause of death in sub-Saharan Africa are going to be lifestyle diseases. So you know diabetes is the number one uh, killer, it sounds terrible, of women in South Africa, and it is such a, it's, it's such a cheap and straightforward disease to treat if you catch it early. Sure. But because it's, it's, the symptoms are not, um, it's, you're asymptomatic for so long, that um, you don't pick it up. And because there's so much friction in in just getting a health check when you're feeling well, why would you do that? So these lifestyle diseases will not be solved through a doctor and a tablet. They will be solved by people participating in, in understanding the relationship to the lifestyle choices. So in 2019, South Africa was um, evaluated as the most unhealthy country in the world by the Bloomsbury Indigo Index. Sure. And the factors they looked at, the ones that we led on was life expectancy. Like I said, we have a, a very compromised life expectancy, obesity and alcohol use. And so there's this very strong correlation between understanding the lifestyle choices you make every day, so possibly hopping off your taxi two stops early and walking an extra stretch three times a week. And sure, you do need to get up earlier, etc. But just those lifestyle changes will literally change the trajectory of these, these diseases okay. and the disease burden that we carry. Okay. Tanya, would love to hear more, uh, perhaps <laughs> <laughs> on another occasion. But thanks so much. It really sounds like great work that uh, you guys are doing. Tanya Joffe, she's the CEO and principal of UNU Health. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.